how would you take over a country? You take away their ability to, uh, you know, have grow crops. Food, <laughs> food supply is critical, uh, and we know the growth is coming. But we also we can't lose the ability uh, to grow the grow the crops. Howdy, you're listening to the Think Process podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos. Well, this is the Think Brazos podcast, and we're joined today by Trey Wharton. He is running for district state district 12 um of the state house of representatives thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me i appreciate it so in just a couple of minutes um i usually say two minutes or less uh could you give us a brief overview of who you are why you're running and maybe if you have a few important uh, platform stances to go into sure yeah um i grew up in huntsville texas and then uh, i went away to tcu to school and uh, moved back home with my wife and started an insurance agency uh, from the ground up. And so the whole time I was building an agency and raising our family, uh, I was also giving back to the community in a variety of fashions, whether it be nonprofit boards or whatnot. But most recently, I was on the Chamber of Commerce board for seven years. I was the chairman of the board for one year. I was selected to the uh, school board three times. And I was in the eight years I was on it, I was three years of it, I was the president. And then uh, I've been on the, the hospital community board uh, there also. So I've been giving back uh, to the community the whole time uh, while I was raising a family and growing a business uh, because I felt like that was my, my duty because sure. I could. And I'm just uh, had a lot of people calling me uh, last year, last summer, asking me uh, to consider this and okay. uh, started to think about it and felt like I was supposed to uh, try to serve on a bigger uh, scale. I, I filed okay. a run against an incumbent that I didn't feel uh, represented our conservative values. And so that's uh, what I was doing, but um, I'm still doing that. I've been a, we need a voice and I wanted to be that voice and I've been serving for the last 30 years, so. Okay, and the the 12th um, state, I think I'm saying this right, the, the 12th district of the state House of Representatives uh, for Texas, one of the larger districts uh, covers, forget, a bunch of counties, covers a little bit of Bryan, covers obviously Huntsville. The question, especially for folks out here in Bryan College Station is uh, how do you plan, if, if you win, how do you plan to approach representing this wide group of folks, um, obviously not just the Huntsville area? Have you given any thought to that? Uh, yeah, it's kind of the, the same philosophy I've done the whole time when I was on the school board of the chamber. I was extremely engaged with either the members of the chamber or the families and the staff of the schools uh, to make sure that they were represented and their voice was heard. Uh, I called a lot of people all the time going, hey, I need some feedback for me to know that I'm making the right uh, educated decision that's right for the community. Uh, and I would take that same philosophy uh, throughout the district, I've you know I've, I've put a lot of miles on my truck in the last yeah. two and a half months, and uh, meeting the people mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, the only way to actually represent somebody is to for them to know you and you to know them, yeah. and uh, and that's what I would do. I've, I've promised that I would be 
seen uh, and they would know me and I want to know them because how else are you going to be represented correctly? Okay. So, so what would you say are a couple of, um, I guess, themes of your campaign or things you want to get across to, to people about what you, what you believe, your stances? I said, well, I mean, I was raised a uh, conservative Christian home. I uh, still have that. My wife and I both, she grew up in a rural community. I grew up in Huntsville, so they're very similar. Uh, we, we moved back there uh, with the idea that's where we wanted to raise our family, mm -hmm. was in the same type of atmosphere. Okay. Uh, and so that's kind of, I want to carry that forward and make sure we keep those, those views because we're, I believe that the, the district, all these counties have thrived with that, with that ideology and we want to make sure we keep it in place. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess looking a little more into some of the, the details of what you're going to be facing when, um, if you are elected for this position, um, Texas is growing super fast. Um, everybody knows that. I think we're close to a thousand people a day for quite a, the last few years coming into Texas. Um, there's a lot of good with that for industry, commerce, all of that, but there's also impacts on um, housing affordability, housing market in general. There's impacts on the grid. There's impacts on um, a variety of things with Texas. Where do you think you stand uh, in terms of the Texans that are already here? Is there a role the state can play in mitigating any impacts of this just massive growth, which largely is good for Texas? But is there any, um, again, Sometimes I don't phrase my questions the best, but looking at the state versus local versus, you know, where do you stand on um, regulation with the state to try and deal with some of these impacts on Texans? Right, no, I, I, and I see what you're saying because that is a big issue that, especially this district, because you're gonna have, you're gonna have the growth coming straight up, I-45, Highway Correct. 6, 290. Well, that Correct. hits all, all, parts of this district That's right. uh, and the most heavily populated parts of the district. And so the state and the county and the local officials are going to have to work together because we know the growth is coming. Mm -hmm. uh, we just, we don't want to look like Houston. Right. And so we need to make sure we manage it in a, in a form that's okay. That's, that's okay. That's, we don't mind that. Mm -hmm. uh, we just don't want to be overrun. I think we all enjoy our semi-rural atmospheres, we, we prefer that, um, and, but we don't want to be overrun by the, uh, just this extreme po explosion of population and stuff just popping sure. up all over the place. So sure. I think it's going to be critical that the, the state and the county and the cities work together. And then in the even more rural parts, uh, they have a water issue and that right. growth is going to cause a problem, not just with water, but also the infrastructure is so old in so many parts mm -hmm. of it. And so that's, it's kind of build upon itself. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, we're, we're going to have to make sure we're working together on all that. Okay. Do you have any, um, you know, ideas as, as things that the state uh, could do? You mentioned infrastructure, you mentioned water um, to help some of these, because you got some very rural communities in this district mm -hmm. um, that, like you said, are going to be facing some infrastructure issues in the future. Is there a role? Um, of the state in helping with some of these local communities? I, I think they're gonna need uh, more help than just like mm -hmm. the incorporated cities because there's, they're gonna need the funds uh, to right. help pay for those things, uh, whether it be through grants or whatnot. And I think having somebody that could help them lead them in the right path to get those things yeah. done is critical. Okay. So, 
Um, and then um, another facet of this, this area we've been talking about here with the growth is uh, farmland in, again, the more rural parts of this district. Um, I forget the overall Texas statistic, but it's like a bunch of acres every year are going from farmland to, um, you know, housing developments or what have you. Um, where do you st stand on that balance between, you know, having the, I guess, farmland to be able to sustain your community in terms of food and all that versus growth, which is good? It's a very vague question. But. It's, it's a very vague question. <laughs> the, uh, I think, I mean, I think the most critical thing, and that was uh, something that uh, Senator Cokehorse addressed, and that was we don't need foreign countries coming in and buying our farmland. I mean, how mm. would you, how would you take over a country? You take away their ability to, uh, you know, have grow crops. Food, <laughs> <laughs> food supply is critical, uh, and we know the growth is coming, but we also we can't lose the ability uh to grow the grow the crops and uh have that stuff so yeah um it's that is a vague question and there's going to be a, mm -hmm. a somewhat vague answer because that's going to sure. take a lot of study uh, yeah. and a lot of people working together to make sure it's managed properly okay. yeah okay and uh yeah i have heard some some folks in the primary talking about the the foreign companies issue going on it is that happening in this district? Have you seen um, any instances of that? I don't. I don't personally know of an instance. Okay. I know I've, I've been uh, talking to people. And yeah. Those are things that they're they're concerned about and should be. Okay. So got it. Um, all right. So something kind of close to what we've been talking about, but another thing that impacts the price of a new home, um, especially, is regulation. Um, there was a study, I think, that the National Home Builders put out that said that close to 25% of a house, a new house's uh, sticker price is from regulation. That's at the local level, that's at state level, some of it, and that's at the federal uh, level. Um, do you, where do you, obviously, you're not going to like the, that fact. Um, but do you think there's a uh, role for the state to play in cutting some of that red tape in an effort to make the homes as affordable as possible for I, th I think there is because that kind of goes back to the local uh, yeah. governments and entities that could help make sure that the, the stuff, the homes are being built mm -hmm. safely and correctly and, and done uh, affordably and yeah. by being able to kind of pull the state out of it somewhat, uh, you shouldn't have to pay those, those many surcharges, taxes, whatever you want to call them. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think, I think the local governments understand that what is actually needed and uh, that would kind of bring it back to, okay. the, to the people directly. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Well, there are a lot of uh, communities in Texas where that's not happening at the local level. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if there's any, you know, in, in this district, but that is a hot topic at the legislature the last few uh, sessions is things like regulation uh, and whether or not the state has a role in preempting where local communities are not trying to make you know as affordable home building as possible and uh, so you're more of a um, let the local folks figure it out that's not really the state's role is that kind of what I'm, I'm where for you're less at? bureaucracy okay so it's kind of everywhere 
Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got any um, ideas on on things if you win um, areas within the state government bureaucracy where you'd like to see them go away? I, I'm. I don't know if there's things that you could specifically say go away, but it kind of goes back to the same ideologies. Like, like mm -hmm. let's 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 push it to the local uh, entities for them to have more say in what's going on. Because I think we we all have our different facets and the diversity of the different counties, yeah. even across the entire state. So we all have different challenges, and so one specific law may not be really applicable and may actually hurt another one so if you have more local uh involvement saying this is what we need then i believe that's better than the state just coming down and saying this is what has to be done okay and at um another district that represents bryan college station the 14th there's a candidate um i just heard today or yesterday where there's a spot on the news he mentioned about um term limits was a big thing for him um as far as making sure that we don't get um, people coming in who are, um, you know, are there for life, basically. Mm -hmm. Do you have any opinion on the term limits uh, issue? The, on the state level, yeah. national level? Uh, well, it kind of goes back to what I said all along, because you always you kind of think about what a state legislator gets paid. You know, it's 600 a month. Right. Well, I don't have a problem with that because that kind of goes back to the forefathers of the country that said this was not supposed to be a lifestyle. Okay. This is supposed to be you're giving back and serving. Mm -hmm. And so that's I think that's a good thing. It okay. doesn't it does it doesn't need to be a lifestyle because that's when the problems really start occurring. Ah, okay. So, so you're saying that the the very fact that um, at the state level legislators are paid so low that that might actually help with um, this issue of entrenched no well, uh, yeah I, I think it keeps uh, some people getting from getting into it for the wrong reasons okay uh, because then they go oh I can draw a paycheck from here on out and mm -hmm. uh, that's not it uh, okay. I mean that's that's you're supposed to represent your district or your counties or whatever you're mm -hmm. elected to and how else are you gonna be there yeah. and be involved with them to be their voice if you're if you have a lifestyle and you're living somewhere else 90% of the time. Okay. Yeah, I can see so. both sides. I've heard the other side too that makes a lot of sense to me that um, if they were to make a quote living wage for elected representatives, that would allow those who aren't well off enough to be able to take that pay cut. So I can I can see both sides, mm -hmm. but um, that that is some of the main questions that I had. Um, have we missed anything that you want to go into today regarding your candidacy? Or, well, I mean, I just uh, for me personally, I'm just trying to uh, serve on a bigger capacity uh, because of my history of doing all I've done, um, and I have instances of uh, things where I was the chairman of the board for the Chamber of Commerce, and we had the university wanting to put in. A, uh, a conference center and I was and they wanted me to sign off that the chamber was okay with that and I said well I'm not going to say that without talking to all of my members that this would directly affect so I started calling different hotel owners and said hey I need to know uh, if you're okay with this you've been a taxpayer a member 
been involved in the community for a long time. Uh, you need to have a say on this. Mm -hmm. and, and they came back to me, and I was kind of surprised. This is why I do this with everything I do. They came back to me with a completely different answer. They said, no, please bring the conference center because we will get the overflow and we will our business will flourish. Wow. And I didn't see that side of it, but that's why whenever I'm working on things, I'm calling people that it directly affects uh, mm -hmm. to get their information and to be more educated uh, so that I know that I'm doing the right thing. So they were they were okay with that, and that's just kind of one of my, for instances, of how I operate. So Okay. Very cool. Um, well, how can... Um the people of this district get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with your campaign, if they want to learn more or help you? No, it's fine. They can uh, go to the website. It's uh, Wharton for Texas. And then uh, my email is, uh, it's a little confusing. It's, it's Wharton, the number four, Texas at okay. gmail.com. Perfect. Um, and so. we'll put it up on the uh, screen for people viewing it. Okay, kind of appreciate thing. it. But uh, yeah, it's been fun to talk to you today. Um, again, this is Trey Wharton running for the 12th State District uh, for the state of Texas. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. The Think Brass's podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brasses podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrasses.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think Brasses. Think Brasses.